when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Coach Carousel talk, is that something you just ignore? Yeah, yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired and the next week you're going to take another job and I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And So, yes, to answer your question. Our purpose is to win, make no mistake about it, but it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sun Belt, uh, sorry, to win the SEC East. That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. We got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got the point? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of it. It was like, like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming. We're coming, and we ain't backing down. Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast presented by my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Breton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm flying solo for this show, so you know what that means. Cracking open a cold one here for Cousin Shane. This episode. Drinking Black Horse Brewery Vanilla Cream Ale, Nashville Brewery. If you guys ever driving through old Nashville, get you some uh, vanilla cream ale here. It's pretty good stuff, but hey, let's get to it. You know, like always, we like to start with something fresh and something funny if we can. We caused a little bit of a stir here. You know, we kind of mean to when we put out these videos, hoping for them to go viral. Well, (laughs) old Pat Narduzzi wishes we didn't. Good. And I'll tell you why, because this video surfaced from Pat Narduzzi from a 2019 Nike coaching clinic. This is hilarious. I'm going to jump to the clip in just a second here, but I mean, my God, he says, I'm not going to give the guy's name away, but I'm going to give you 10 clues on who this son of a bitch is. And man, he did a number. And of course, he's talking about Matt Canada, former offensive coordinator, LSU fans know all too well, hired by coach Ed Orgeron. When he got the job there full-time at LSU, he was trying to get Lane Kiffin. We all know the story now, but Kiffin got the head job at FAU. So LSU and Coach O had to pivot. They pivoted to old Matt Canada, and it ended up costing them the Troy game. I had an offense coordinator. I won't even mention his name at Pitt. He spent eight months with me, left, okay, to go take one of those big jobs for $1.2 million. And I said, I don't think you want to go, okay? He's like, well, it's a lot of money. I'm like, and I got him a lot of money. I got him a million at our place. So it was like, maybe he went for 1.5. I got him a million, which is just crazy. Like, are you shitting me? You know, like, really? I don't even think he was worth a million. But, I mean, he wasn't even that good. But, uh, yeah, he's a good friend. I was like, listen, you're stupid to go. I said, you go there, you're starting your whole career over again. I said, you stay here for another year, have a good year. You'll be a head coach. I'll send you out of here a head coach. No patience. Okay, so have patience in the profession. He goes there, gets fired before the end of the season. There's turmoil all in the newspapers. Even before, I mean, it was a miserable season for the guy. He's gone. Goes and gets another job. Okay, after that, and he's gone from there. And he's been in three jobs in three years. And, you know, good luck finding And he's out of a job right now. But he could have been in one place. So be patient in the profession. I don't care. All right, my God. I mean, Pat Narduzzi, 
really took uh, Canada the woodshed there. And even Pat Narduzzi even had to release a statement here. This video, we put it out on Monday. Narduzzi put out a statement on Tuesday talking about, hey, he's a good buddy of mine. And I got great respect for him. He just said he wasn't even worth the money he was getting. What the heck? <laughs> and he turned down that money for more money. So uh, Pitt's offense has never recovered. Not to say Matt Canada is some elite offensive guy. I mean, clearly he's, I think he's tough to work with. That's what I've heard in coaching circles. And just look at the guy's resume. I mean, I think he's a good coach, but just it seems like one stop after the other. Like Narduzzi said, unemployed. Of course, this was in 2019. And here's the great, possibly the greatest part of this whole thing. For those that don't know, Pitt, they train and they work out. And, of course, they play in the Pittsburgh Steelers stadium. And they share it with the Steelers. Well, guess where old Matt Canada's at? <laughs> He's the Steelers quarterback coach right there. That's for you, Shane. So, my God, these guys, got he probably had to run into him the next day. Matt Canada's like, what in the hell, buddy? Are you talking all this shit? But that's what it is. And, uh, man, I just thought that was too great not to share. All right, so we had big news in the SEC on Tuesday. This is something we really love to talk about. The SEC on CBS, the official kickoff times announced by the SEC. Now, they didn't release them all. It's really weird how they did it this year. There's going to be more of these coming, obviously, but they're going to wait for a couple games before they make more selections. But the first, week one, SEC on CBS game is in. All these games I got right, except for week one. Saturday, September 26th, Mississippi State at LSU has been selected by CBS Game of the Week. And I just, I don't understand this one. I mean, LSU keeps losing guys left and right, so everybody's jumping on this Mississippi State hype train. I get that, but... These teams, hell, LSU could lose another 10 guys, and it's they're still, they got a lot more talent than Mississippi State. I guess I get the angle of Mike Leach coming to town, LSU defending national champions. I've, I've heard that response probably about 20 times after I questioned this selection, but that's all good and well. But what in the hell does that matter once the game kicks off? It doesn't mean anything. And once... You know, once this game reaches the second half, I don't even think it's going to be a close contest. So CBS going to get ratings here because it's Mike Leach losing his first game or LSU because they won the national championship. If that's the way they're looking at it, that's stupid. They should have went with Kentucky at Auburn. It's going to be a hell of a matchup. Storylines in that one as well. Maybe not the two sexiest teams from a television standpoint, but you want the hype going into the game or you want a good game? I want a good game. That's why I would go with that one. I would, hell, I would even pick Tennessee at South Carolina. I know Tennessee fans feeling very confident going into that matchup, but I don't have a ton of faith in Tennessee to blow someone out week one in the SEC. I just don't. Not to say Tennessee can't win that game. I certainly would favor them at this point, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere a blowout this Mississippi State LSU game. And here's a tip for you. Hell, we're brought to you by my bookie. Head on over there, bet you LSU. The the line has actually dropped since Jamar Chase and Tyler Shelvin and all these guys have opted out. It's down to about 14 and a half. Was it 18 and a half earlier? I know every everybody's betting Mississippi State, and that should tell you something. The money is going to be the smart money is going to be on LSU in that matchup. All right, week two of the season got this one right. October 3rd, Texas A&M at Alabama. That's the CBS game of the week. Easy selection considering Alabama's playing Missouri, Texas A&M's playing Vanderbilt. These two teams are going to be undefeated heading into week two matchup. 
This is going to be the best Jimbo Fisher Texas A&M team against an angry, vengeful Alabama team. This this could be a really good game, and this is going to tell us a lot about the Aggies and where they stand in the SEC West, where Alabama is, if they're really this legit number one team. A lot of people assume they are. If they go out here and whip the Aggies, I may change my tune on them here, but that's going to be a great matchup. That was the one I went with, so not a big surprise there. And like I said, it was it was very interesting how CBS did this. So they skipped week three, and they've already selected a week four game. And this was a no-brainer, biggest or the easiest decision on the board. Georgia at Alabama, October 17th. Happy birthday, Cousin Joe. You're going to get to watch Georgia and Alabama face off. And this is actually going to be an 8 o'clock 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 o'clock Central Time kickoff. So they're even pushing this one to prime time. That's uh, an indication of just how awesome this game is going to be. Man, I can't wait for this. It's the Battle of the Titans. Everyone knows I've been on the record. I think Georgia's going to win this game. So that's going to surprise a lot of people because Alabama, I'm assuming, is going to be the favorite once again unless they trip up against the Aggies. So Alabama, Georgia, Showdown of Titans, easy pick there by CBS. All right, they did it again. They skipped ahead two weeks for some reason. October 31st, Halloween, LSU at Auburn. That's been selected by CBS. That's another one I picked. One of my favorite games every year in the SEC. These two teams, for whatever reason, this is always a crossroads game. The team that wins it always seems to go on to have a really good season. The team that loses it is... They're viewed as a disappointing season. For whatever reason, it always seems to break that way. And these two teams often have some of the best defenses in the SEC. Very physical, very tight games. A lot of comebacks in this game. A lot of trick plays in this game. I can't wait for it. Ed Ogeron and his reloaded LSU Tigers going up against Gus Malzahn and Chad Moore's Bo Nix and company. And remember this game last year, this was the closest LSU came to losing a game. So, And this one's at Auburn, on the Plains, Halloween, it's going to be a hell of a matchup. All right, November 7th, they skipped. They didn't skip a week this time. This is, again, another easy selection. Florida and Georgia and Jacksonville has been picked for what seems like the 25th year in a row here. The game in Jacksonville, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And, hell, who knows? By this point, November, early November, let's hope they open this damn stadium up 100%. And everything's fine. And, I mean, that's what we're all hoping for. And they got tailgating. Hell, they said no tailgating the SEC campuses. Well, hell, last time I checked, world's largest outdoor cocktail party is a neutral site game. So all these people complaining that it's a neutral site at times, maybe they'll it'll finally come through and be a just a huge, huge showdown with all the fan bases there and having a good old time and maybe deciding – the SEC East race here on November 7th, and CBS is going to be there to cover it. All right, next game, last one, last SEC on CBS selection, Alabama at LSU, November 14th. Again, another no-brainer, and this one is kicked back to 6 p.m. Eastern time, 5 o'clock Central time, and if I'm not mistaken, November 14th, this is the same weekend of the Masters I believe I heard that today. So that's uh, also on CBS. So for all you golf enthusiasts out there, November 14th, that's going to be a hell of a day for you. Watch the Masters. You're going to be able to watch Alabama LSU in the evening. I mean, can't think of anything better than that. 
after this damn long off season with all this speculation that we ain't going to have a year. Well, it's like this is a double whammy here. I mean, this fall is just setting up to be one of the best of all time, and I can't wait for it. All right, that but that wasn't the only TV news we had in the SEC. ESPN is kind of, they've announced a number of kickoffs and television and broadcast coverage for not the entire SEC schedule, but I'd say about 60% of it. They just came out straight away and named it all. So it's pretty interesting that they went ahead and did this. I'm not going to break down every week because, I don't know, I, I feel like it'll just confuse people if I'm talking about one week after the other. So we'll get to those games when we get to them, but I certainly want to talk about the week one slate in the SEC. Now every single game has got a home with, of course, I've already talked about Mississippi State at LSU on CBS. Remember, that's the game of the week, week one in the SEC. Here's the rest of the lineup. Florida at Ole Miss, noon Eastern time on ESPN, Florida at Ole Miss. So this is going to be the game that follows college game day. Not saying it's going to be the game day selection, obviously, but right after game day is going to be Florida at LSU. Can't think of a much better way to kick off the football season than that how about it the Gators we're gonna find out uh, if they're for real going on the road this should be an easy game but oh you know Lane Kiffin's gonna have some tricks up his sleeve I hope I'm dead wrong about Ole Miss maybe they'll give him a game maybe they'll even win Lane Kiffin's debut they're gonna be underdogs but the line is a lot less than I thought it would be so that's something to watch and then here I just feel bad for Big Blue Nation at this point I mean, I've been singing their praises all off season, starting to see the bandwagon getting going here. So I was thinking, hell, they, they'll get some respect. Maybe they'll be the CBS game. Nope. Maybe they'll be the night game. That'd be a, that'd be a good spot if Kentucky-Auburn is not going to be the CBS game like it should be. But here we go. Noon. It's a nooner on SEC Network. What in the hell are we doing here, people? The best game of the week, potentially, in the SEC. Nothing against SEC Network. I devour that channel. But the noon game, I mean, this is really, this is typically the one where Alabama plays Western Carolina or Vanderbilt plays NIU or some terrible, god-awful team. This is the slot, (laughs) and this is the slot for Kentucky at Auburn for some reason. Uh, There's going to be... You know, outside of Kentucky and Auburn fans, it's not going to be hardly anyone watching this game. It's going to be the damn game of the week. So that doesn't that, that's just insane that they're doing it to me like that. All right, after that, on the sticking to the SEC Network, 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Central, Georgia at Arkansas. The debut of Sam Pittman against his former team, Jamie Newman, the new offense of Todd Munkin engineering this thing. We're going to find out how good that unit is. It, SEC gave them a, a somewhat of a tune-up game here. With I shouldn't call the Razorbacks a tune-up, but let's be real. This was not the opponent Arkansas wanted to open with. At least they're getting them at home. Maybe they'll get Georgia to be overlooking them like I just did. And, hell, who knows? I mean, we've seen bigger upsets in the SEC, but this is already like a 24-point spread. So, 4 o'clock Eastern again on SEC Network. Georgia at Arkansas. Looking forward to to, hell, I'm looking forward to all these games. Really, I'm I'm just getting I'm getting sweats thinking about it. Maybe it's this beer, but I'm just so I'm just so ready for this game to these games to get here. 
All right, the night game on ESPN Week 1, Alabama at Missouri. Coach Drinkowitz debut. He's already out there misdirection here. There's, who knows is going to be the quarterback. He's going to probably name it at 6.59 on Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central on ESPN, Alabama at Missouri. At least the Tigers are getting them at home. That's the way you want to start the Eli Drinkowitz era. Maybe, just maybe they shock the world. Probably not, but maybe they do. And we'll see what Mac Jones, or will it be Bryce Young, how this new-look Alabama offense goes up against a Missouri team that, say what you will, I mean, they were disappointing last year, 6-6, six and six, but the defense was pretty stout for much of the season. So don't completely overlook this matchup of Alabama's offense against Missouri's defense. I think that's going to be the matchup of the game. And then let's get it over to the, the late primetime games. Tennessee at South Carolina, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central on SEC Network. This also could be the game of the weekend. For whatever reason, it seems like that, uh, you know, the SEC night game on SEC Network with uh, Tom Hart and Jordan Rogers and Cole Kublik, they always seem to get the craziest, wackiest game. And for some feeling, I, I think it's going to be that way again. And hell, we all know Will Muschamp, he owns Tennessee. Last year was his first loss to the Vols. So Shane doesn't like me saying that, but it's true. This could be a funky one here. South Carolina fans, don't give up on it. Tennessee fans, you know, I'm not trying to shit on you. I mean, you might dominate this game for all I know. And with Marshawn Lloyd out, how South Carolina going to replace that kid? I don't think they can with anybody on their roster. So this is going to be an interesting matchup. And I just, I just can't wait to see it. Saturday night, SEC Network, once again, 730 Eastern, 630 Central. Final game on the docket, SEC Week 1, Vanderbilt at Texas A&M. 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central on SEC Network Alternate. It's pretty bad when we got full-on SEC action. We're kicking one of the alternate. Why in the hell can't we do ESPN2 or ESPN? I don't know, but we got to find a home for this game because I'd hate for the uh, Commodore and Aggie fans not to be able to watch their team. Might want to get this worked out. Where in the hell is SEC Alternate? I don't even know if I get that channel. I, I hope everyone else does because I'm kind of lost out here. All right, at this point in the show, I want to remind the listeners we're brought to you by MyBookie, the online sports book. New customers receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 using the promo code THATSEC. So if you don't know what that means, if you're not a customer of MyBookie, sign up today using that promo code THATSEC, T-H-A-T-S-E-C. MyBookie will match your initial deposit. So you could put in 100 bucks, you'll start with 200. You could put all the way up to 1000 bucks in, you'll start up with 2000. So that'll just double your initial deposit using that promo code and they've got parlays, they've got cross sport wagers, they've got props. They've got it all over at MyBookie. And it's not just college football. If you're in a, you know, NFL fan, NBA fan, NHL, UFC, they've got it all over there at MyBookie. Bet all that this summer, the craziest sports summer of your lifetime, is finally here after this long damn wait. And my God, I'm talking about all these SEC games. Of course, you can bet on all those. Listen to my advice. Don't listen to Shane. Fade Shane. That's the winning method right there. But the first winning method is going over to mybookie.ag using that promo code. That SEC winning season begins today only at mybookie. And once again, that promo code is that. SEC. 
All right, so let's. Uh, we don't got a lot of uh, news, and it was not. I don't want to say a slow day with all that TV news. I thought that was pretty exciting stuff, but uh, got a couple of clips here. So let's jump around the league. Now let's go now around let's the go league. Around the league. I, my my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up, and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why, why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. Right, we'll play anybody you can get to play us. At Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey guys. Hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. SEC, SEC, SEC. All right, guys, starting here in Baton Rouge. Coach O met with the media after all these opt-outs, Jamar Chase and Shelvin. And, you know, it's troubling. I don't want to, I don't know. A lot of people bear in LSU, kind of like I referenced with that Mississippi State opener. I mean, my God, people, let's, uh, I know they lost damn near every starter on their team, but you know football's there's more than 20 players on the roster, right? I mean, <laughs> LSU's got some studs coming back. This is still going to be one of the better teams in the SEC. Cocho, he just outcoached everybody last year. Let's not forget that. They just brought in Bo Pelini. The defense is going to be better. They're singing praises of Miles Brennan. I think he's going to be a really good player. Eric Gilbert can't stop talking about that kid. So LSU is not down and out necessarily. But these opt-outs, certainly they do hurt. I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to underplay them. And that's something Coach O talked about here during his Tuesday media availability, just on the thoughts on those opt-outs. And then Coach O got into potentially more players opting out, which would be, you want to say the momentum's bad now in Baton Rouge, just wait for this to happen. Could be a couple more players opting out, according to Coach O. Wouldn't name them, but uh, he said help could potentially be on the way with the graduate transfer portal. And from my understanding, LSU is really close to adding a guy from uh, Nichols State, Baton Rouge native. I believe his his name's Evans. You know, Coach O can't talk about him so until he actually signs there. So that's what I'm hearing. It sounds like LSU is going to get some help in that defensive backfield. And then Coach O was asked about the difficult times of his LSU tenure, like losing to Troy and how they really kind of had to rally the troops, so to speak, and how that turned around everything. And he talks about kind of being in that similar situation at the moment where it seems like the walls are closing in on you, but hell, that maybe that's when LSU is at its best. You know, uh, obviously everybody's uh, situation is different. You know, Jamar had a different situation than Tyler. I talked to them both about They told me the reasons why they wanted to leave. Obviously, that's up to them if they want to talk to them about that. They both had uh, legitimate reasons uh, why they left the team. It was hard. Uh, it was hard for both of them. Jamar, uh, it was really hard for him to leave the team. And uh, so was Tyler. So I think that those guys obviously talked to their families and made a decision. So that's their decision. Um, you know, guys are going to opt out for different reasons. That's the time we're living in. But you know what? We have we have guys that are going to step up. Uh, there are some opportunities for new guys to come in, and we have a uh, a good roster that can handle that. Uh, obviously, I don't want anybody else to opt out. 
I wish that uh, that, that might be the last one, hopefully, but it may not be, but we've got to deal with it. With a player opting out or uh, entering the transfer pro, uh, portal, uh, will LSU be seeking a player or a grad transfer maybe just close to the uh, with school starting? Uh, yes. Yes, we're always looking for players. Uh, we're looking at players right now, obviously. Uh, uh, we have some needs. We had a needed cornerback. Uh, but that, that was the only initial that we have. You know, in order, in order of us to sign people, we have to have initials. So that was the last initial scholarship that we have. Uh, and we're looking for a cornerback. And I think we're going to use it on a cornerback, and it should be happening soon. Are there any other, I guess, players on your team who think may uh, opt out this season that you've kind of talked to or try to anticipate? I mean, is, is that been the hardest thing to try to, yeah. to, to figure yeah. out? Yeah. You know, uh, you know uh, there's a couple of guys that, that are thinking about it, to be honest with you. And, uh, and again, everyone's for different reasons, uh, maybe family reasons or maybe health reason, or they, they may have something that they feel they need to opt for. Maybe there's one or two that I, I know are thinking about it. Uh, hopefully they don't, but again, if they do this, that's just, that's what we're living in. But, but we have depth, and if they do opt out, we're still going to have a great football team. Greg mentioned all the, uh, the turnover. Does this kind of remind you a little bit of uh, 2018 when you didn't have a lot of experience? Yeah. And, uh, Based on all the guys that you have lost, including the last two guys, how difficult would it be to get anywhere close to where you were last year, you think? What, were you in my meeting this morning? That's exactly what we talked about. I mean, exactly. It reminded me of those times. And you know what? Especially the day after we lost to Troy. I mean, that you know, the black clouds were all over, man. It, it, hey, it, 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 it wasn't good. But you know what, that's what I, I think that's one of the most important games we played since I've been coach here. That's when things started changing. That's when we got back to business. That's when we focused in on the daily tasks. We didn't start thinking about ahead every day. We took one day at a time. I said, I'm going to enjoy myself coming to work. I'm going to enjoy coaching this football team. Whatever this team ends up to be, my job is to get them to, to be the best thing they can be. And you know what? I think that when you coach that way and when you, you approach it that way and you get better on a daily basis, the process, the process is going to take care of the results. So I kind of have to rethink that because I caught myself thinking, hey, man, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. It's got to be this way. And, then, and that's the wrong thinking. The best thinking is take it one day at a time. This is the team we have. Let's get them better. Let's see what's going to happen. All right, so there you have it from Coach O. I mean, he sounds... He doesn't sound defeated to me. I mean, it's it's just we're not blinking. We're going forward. And I know that's a little bit of coach speak, but uh, just keep doubting LSU. Hell, we all did this time last year. You know, we, no one saw them going 15-0. and uh, Two years ago, everyone thought his ass was gone after the Miami game. You remember that? I mean, my God, mighty Miami coming here off a of, – I think they had won the ACC division the year prior, and LSU smoked them. And then they turned around and beat Auburn, and it just that was the beginning of the Joe Burrow, Burrow saga. So who knows? This could be the beginning of the Miles Brennan era here. So I'm not ready to count LSU out. And if you are, I don't know what to tell you. I don't think you got a good read on the Tigers. 
We're sticking in the SEC West. Let's jump on down to Alabama next. Roll Tide! Uh, not a lengthy quote here by any means, but outside linebacker Josh McMillan came back for a sixth season after suffering a season-ending injury last year very early. I believe it was in game one. He met with the media, and I got a quick clip here because his comments kind of echo what we've heard out of Tuscaloosa, and if I'm an Alabama fan, I'm pretty damn fired up to hear this one. Hey, Josh, just wanted to ask, what went into your decision to, to come back for this sixth season? Um, it wasn't much going into the decision. I mean, it was just a bad taste left in my mouth from the past season. I mean, we went 11-2, and two and I don't want to end my college career on a bad note like that. I don't think anyone who came to the University of Alabama would want to end their season like that. So just being here, being a leader, seeing the other guys in the past, and not living up to that standard, I mean, like, it, it, it didn't feel right leaving. I mean, where else in college football could you, with a straight face, say 11-2 and two was a disappointing finish and motivation to come back and kick some ass? There's not many places like it. Georgia, potentially LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, that's probably the list in Alabama and that's why Josh McMillan came back. That's why Alex Leatherwood said he came back. That's why Nick Saban is keep pushing because they don't want to – they hate losing these two games. My God, losing two games for the rest – well, not the rest of the SEC, for about 10, and 10, 11 teams in the SEC, they take that every day of year. But that's not the standard at Alabama. And the more I hear comments like this, the more I feel like the Crimson Tide are entering the season on a damn warpath and I don't, I'm feeling bad for Missouri at the moment because I feel like they're going to pay the price for all these offseason, this entire offseason of Alabama focusing on uh, last season's results. All right, last up uh, around the league here, let's jump on down to Auburn. Get ready, Toomer's Corner. Auburn's coming to roll you. Final score, Auburn 48, Alabama 45. Where Gus Malzahn met with the media here recently. I, actually, I meant to play this clip last time, but me and Shane got to spieling here about the freshmen and all that and just didn't have time to play it. So uh, things have gotten a little rough here at Auburn with uh, all the COVID positives. But good news here on late Tuesday, word came out that uh, Auburn practice, they're backed on the practice field. So that's great news. But uh, Gus talks about the running backs and Cadillac Williams, how he's role as the running backs coach. And then uh, I just really thought this was a great, great line from Gus. I mean, the guy, I don't know if he's got a sense of humor at all, but, uh, I mean, sometimes these lines he delivers, I mean, I'm, I'm laughing my ass off when I hear him. Uh, hey, Coach, I've got a COVID question in just a sec, but I did want to ask you about Jay Hardy, uh, the freshman from Chattanooga, how he's doing so far. and Is there kind of a premium on him needing to play sooner than later given – what you lost there a year ago? Well, and I think Jay's off to a good start. Um, you know, I mean, not just him, but, you know, uh, a lot of our freshmen, most of our freshmen, we're going to need to rely on them this year. And we've made that clear. And I think as a group, the whole group has really uh, done a solid job. Um, but I'm really excited about Jay and, you know, what he brings for the future. We got a follow up from Steve Moulton. Yes, coach. I was wondering if you could discuss the uh, the running back room and Really, uh, how you think Cadillac is doing in his role? Yeah, well, first of all, Cadillac's doing a great job. Um, you know, he's a teacher. Um, 
He's a relationship guy. Uh, he's really close to his players. And, and you know, we, we've got a lot of uh, what I'd say quality depth. You know, DJ Williams came back last week, and um, you know, we've got a, a lot of versatility in that room. Um, so, you know, I'm really excited. I know Coach Morris is very excited about the running backs. And like I said, even at, before we start practice, I mean, you know, utilizing those guys in the passing game will be more of an emphasis this year also. Goals for this week? To practice. <laughs> All right. You know things are bad when the damn goal of the week is to hit the practice field because the rest of the SEC is pushing forward. They're getting ready to play. And to my knowledge, Kentucky's not having any of these issues. So that's once again something that potentially favoring the other team in Auburn's season opener. I know it's at home, but Kentucky, Auburn, it's going to be fascinating how these things are going to play out. And, you know, Gus Malzahn's counting on his running backs here. He's counting on Cadillac doing a good job and all that. But I don't know. It's just – this is troubling. One it's one week I'm high on Auburn. The next week I'm down on him. I'm back down on him. So I do not have a great read on this team, unfortunately. And that's just the way it is. So I'll probably – next week I'll probably be back up on him after, after I hear Bo Nix through – eight touchdowns in the scrimmage. So I hope he does well. I hope I'm wrong about Auburn this week. But uh, that's what I got on this episode. We've got some good stuff coming up on the next episode. And if you made it this far, don't forget, leave us that five-star written review on Apple iTunes. That really goes a long way to helping the podcast grow. We really do appreciate each and every one of those. I'm starting to feel like Shane over here. This beer's catching up to me. <laughs> but leave us a five-star written review and uh, send that over to us at uh, that sec podcast at gmail.com on the twitter on reddit shane or i get that on over to us we're happy to send you a beer koozie of your choice and i just put in an order for some new koozies with the updated logo so hoping those turn out well we'll send out pictures of those once we get them so you guys know that we got them we're happy to send those out to you as well Shouldn't be too long before they get here. But uh, thanks for listening, guys. I really do appreciate it. Shane will be back by the end of the week. Not sure which day. I think on Friday's show. I think that's currently what he's telling me. So looking forward to that. Trying to get a hold of Island Joe there. He's uh, he's at his in his island paradise. Can't get off the beach here. But as soon as he's located, as long as he's not floating down the uh, the river, the ocean, what have you, I'll get him on this damn podcast so you guys don't have to suffer through just me talking. But thanks for sticking with me here. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I really do appreciate it. And we'll catch you on the next one.